Welcome to the Sunday Sermon Podcast of First United Methodist Church in Opelika. We'd love for you to join us for worship each Sunday at 9 o'clock or 10.30 a.m. To learn more about First United Methodist, visit us online at fumcopelika.org or follow us on Instagram or Facebook at fumcopelika. Thanks for tuning in. Today is January 2nd which, if you're anything like me, means that you are now two days into your soon-to-be-failed attempt at keeping your New Year's resolutions. Some of you are less than 48 hours into your commitment to walk three miles a day. Some of you are two days into your commitment to read more books this year. Others of you are two days into the latest fad diet. But no matter what the new Apple Watch you unwrapped last week tells you, today is not the second day of the new year. You see, Christians keep time differently. For Christians, our new year was six weeks ago, the first Sunday of Advent. So according to Christian time, today is not the second day of the new year. Today is the second Sunday of Christmas. So I want to invite you to press pause on your New Year's resolutions for a moment. Press pause on your earnest attempts to make 2022 the best year ever. Press pause on your latest self-improvement project and return with me to the manger. Return with me to hear once again the crazy good news of Christmas. The assigned gospel lesson for this, the second Sunday of Christmas, comes to us from John chapter 1. Hear now the word of the Lord. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, But he came to testify to the light, the true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, or of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh, and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me, because he was before me. From his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. The law, indeed, was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. 
No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. I have a Christmas story for you. Ellen Baxter is the founder of Broadway housing communities in New York. But in the 1970s, as a psychology student at Bowdoin College, Ellen Baxter set out to discover a more humane way to treat the mentally ill. As an undergraduate, she faked her way onto a psychiatric ward with a bogus diagnosis so that she could observe how the patients were being treated. She left that experience convinced that American culture's obsession with improving and fixing and changing ourselves had infected the mental health system, too. Oh, we're stuck on recovery, I heard her tell NPR. But when you fail to deal with people as they are, when you are dead set determined to fix them and change them, you end up changing them for the worse because you erode their humanity. Ellen Baxter's research eventually led her to a modest village in Belgium called Heil. According to her research, Heil had the highest success rate of recovery for the mentally ill. At the center of Heil is a church dedicated to St. Dymphna, who was martyred in Heil in the 7th century. St. Dymphna is the patron saint of the mentally ill, which is why, beginning in the 8th century, Heil became a pilgrimage destination for the mentally ill. Five centuries later, starting in the 13th century, the residents of Heil began boarding those pilgrims into their homes. Heil became a place where everyday people, barbers, bartenders, and blacksmiths, welcomed mentally ill strangers into their homes just as they were. No questions asked, no matter the risks. They welcomed them into their homes, like you would a beloved aunt or uncle. By the 19th century, this practice of hospitality earned Heil the nickname Paradise for the Insane. Paradise for the insane. By the turn of the 20th century, this Christian practice became a public system where doctors placed patients into the homes of hosts who have no idea what diagnoses their guests bring with them. By 1930, over a quarter of all the residents of Heil were mentally ill, about 4,000 people. According to Ellen Baxter, the average length of stay for a guest with a host family, and notice they call them guest, not patients. The average length of stay for a guest with a host family is 28 years. Meanwhile, a third of all the guests stay with the same host family for almost 50 years. The residents of Heil take these crazy guests into their homes to live with them and in many cases, to die with them. Ellen Baxter was awarded a generous grant that allowed her to spend a year studying in Heil. She describes going from house to house, interviewing host families, asking them the same questions, and always getting 
the same answers. Do you find it to be a burden? No. Do you find it tiring? No. Do you find it painful? No. Over and over again, she heard the same responses from the host families she would visit. Host families would shrug their shoulders and reply that crazy is just a part of normal life. It made me wonder, Ellen Baxter said, if I had stumbled upon a race of angels. And despite all her research, Ellen Baxter still didn't understand why the residents of Heil were so successful at rehabilitating guests, more successful than modern medicine. Baxter didn't understand the secret to their success until she met the Buttons guy. The Buttons guy was a boarder, a guest, who every single day would twist the buttons off his shirt. Every day. He would nervously twist them off one by one, and every single night, his host foster mother would sew all the buttons back onto the button guy's shirt. What a waste of time, Ellen Baxter said. You should sew them back on with fishing line. That way he can't twist them off. The host mother reacted with offense. No, that's the worst thing you could do. He needs to twist the buttons off. It helps him to twist the buttons off every day. You don't understand, the host mom explained. In order to accept the mentally ill into your home, you first have to accept what they're doing. You have to accept their oddness and their idiosyncrasies. You've got to let them take their buttons off. That's when Ellen Baxter stumbled upon what she calls the solution of no solution. Once she knew what to look for in Heil, uh, she saw it practiced everywhere from house to house. What freed the guest for healing and rehabilitation was the way their host families refused to treat them as patients with problems to be fixed. Instead, they just welcomed them into their homes to share life with them. The host acceptance of their guest without any expectation of changing them is in itself the elixir with the power to change them. Let me say that again. The host acceptance of their guest without any expectation of changing them is in itself the elixir with the power to change them. Baxter calls what she found in the homes of Heil the strange healing power of not trying to fix the problem. In the church, we call it grace. And it's why we call this story that gives us Christ gospel. It's crazy good news. John's gospel doesn't give you the Christmas story the way Matthew or Luke tell it. John doesn't mention Caesar or a census. There's no manger, no donkey, no angels or stars in the sky. John gives you his Christmas story by telling you that the word which spoke the stars into the sky became flesh and dwelled among us. John goes on to say that the law, the expectations for who you should be, what you should do, and how you should change and fix yourself, he says that the law came through Moses. But grace, the strange healing power of not trying to fix the problem, 
Grace has come through Jesus Christ. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, John writes. But the word John uses can also be translated tabernacled. At the birth of Christ, God takes on human flesh and tabernacles among us. In the Old Testament, as God's people wandered in the wilderness, God journeyed with them in the tabernacle. Inside the tabernacle, inside this portable sanctuary, inside the Holy of Holies is where God lived. It's where the presence of God dwelt. But not just anyone could meet God in the tabernacle. We are too broken by sin. Only the high priest, on behalf of God's people, could venture near the Holy of Holies inside the tabernacle. But even the high priest had to first make himself acceptable by fixing his own sin problem through ritual purification. Only then did the high priest dare to venture near God's home. Can you see it? Do you get the good news of Christmas now? Mary's womb is the Holy of Holies, and in her baby, God takes on flesh and tabernacles among us. And notice, there's no high priest, no ritual purification in this Christmas story. At Christmas, God tabernacles among us, and nothing's been required to render you acceptable first. Ellen Baxter describes a guest she met in Heil named Dez. Dez suffered terrors every night that bloodthirsty lions were about to pounce through the walls and eat him. It wouldn't work to tell him the lions aren't really there, his host Tony explained. Instead, Every night, Tony and her husband would rush outside, banging pots and pans and roaring like lions themselves and to scare the lions away. And that would work every time, Tony explained. He could rest. And then, eventually, Des wasn't afraid of the lions anymore. And then, one day, the lions weren't there anymore. But this is key, Tony said. Curing him of his terrors was not our goal. Our goal was simply to welcome Des into our home just as he was and to share our life with him. Maybe you don't twist the buttons off your shirt day after day, and you might not think bloodthirsty lions are about to leap out of the walls, but we all suffer delusions. We all hear voices in our heads. I mean, some of you are crazy enough to think that you're basically a good person, and therefore you don't need Mary's boy to live for you the life of perfect faithfulness that God requires. Some of you are so insane that you actually think the sins you've sinned are somehow too great for Jesus Christ to have forgotten them forever in his grave. 
Now, others of you think that your bitter strings of regret somehow put you beyond the scope of God's mercy. That's plain crazy. Some of you are delusional enough to think that because you tweet the right opinion or post Bible verses on Facebook, that you're righteous. Meanwhile, others of you choose not to come to church because you think you'll be the only person there who doesn't have it all together. You think you'll be the only person there whose family is a disaster or whose marriage is a train wreck. I mean, even now, some of you are telling yourself that this sermon doesn't apply to you. Like I said, we all suffer delusions. We all hear voices in our heads. Voices telling us that we are unlovely or unlovable. Voices that tell us that we are inadequate or unforgivable. Voices that never tire of pointing out all the ways we fall short of a standard that exists only in our heads. Voices that never quite go away and never quit their whispering that the gospel news is too good to be true. The truth is, I've never been good at New Year's resolutions. But I do have one last Christmas wish. My Christmas wish is that you would see what John wants you to see. That in Jesus Christ, God tabernacles among us. In Jesus Christ, God has made a home for you. In Jesus Christ, God takes you into himself, not as a patient to be fixed, but as a guest to be welcomed. God welcomes you into his home that is Christ's body, welcomes you just as you are, and wraps you in the gift of Christ's own permanent, perfect record. In Christ's body, the church, it isn't a museum of saints. It's not even a hospital for sinners. It's paradise for the insane. In Jesus Christ, God dwells with us, sewing our buttons back on and banging away our imaginary lions until all is calm and bright and we can rest. In the church, we call that grace. It's crazy good news. And even an unbeliever like Ellen Baxter can testify to its miraculous healing power. Merry Christmas. Amen.